For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 707 on CJAD. Welcome to today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau, a program all about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Hey, Josh. How you doing, Dan? I'm great. How are you? Good. So I'm very excited about today because as someone who's in the communications industry, uh, we have uh, one of the, the biggest figures in that industry on the program today. Uh, welcome Jean-Claude Torchia of uh, Torchia Communications. Thank you very much, Dan. Thanks for coming in. Uh, so I guess we'll just kick it off by maybe, uh, I guess, t give it going through a bit of history. Yeah, you know, you know, Dan, it's uh, communications field, public relations, Torquia Communications, entrepreneurs today. I mean, we're going to hear about the story of how the PR life within the Torquia family got going. And certainly from a standpoint of how do I get my business out there? How do I get it going? We're going to hear a little bit about everything. So you're right. Let's get it kick-started. And uh, JC Torquia, who is our guest tonight and one of the founders of Torquia Communications, tell us, JC, first of all, welcome to the show, and tell us where what does Torquia do today and how did it get started? Well, th first of all, thank you very much for, uh, for the invitation. I'm really delighted to be here tonight. Uh, Torquia Communications has is, uh, is been around uh, under that banner for 10 years. In fact, we we just celebrated 10 years in July, uh, but the history goes back uh, since 1972. I still remember at six years old uh, uh, being dragged to, to, to sponsored uh, events and, and PR uh, you know, activities with my father, who's been in the business uh, since then. So it, it goes back a long way, but we've actually just celebrated Torquia Communications in its 10th anniversary in, in this, this year. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful profession. Uh, I feel very passionate about it, so uh, I'd love, I'm very happy to talk about it. Well, you've been, it sounds like you've been doing it since you were just a little kid, right. uh, so it must definitely be in your blood, but what, where was the starting point of Torquia? How did you get into this, to, to running your own show effectively? Well, you know, uh, Dad and I were, were also, uh, we, we had been working together in, a, um, uh, in another agency, and in the uh, late 90s, we had this opportunity to uh, set up our own shop, uh, in fact, uh, the opportunity presented it itself, and uh, we uh, decided to take the plunge. And uh, it's been, uh, you know, you've got ups and downs, and uh, but you know what? Today we're we're uh, we're still standing, and we're uh, we're enjoying it. And did you, your dad, and you started it? Did I mean, are you still a family business today? Who's involved in the business? Well, when we we co-founded it together, and again in in July of two thousand, and Dad stuck around for the first three years, um, and then and then retired. It was uh, his retirement day. I still remember he just didn't show up. <laughs> he just <laughs> didn't show up that day, and uh, we uh, yeah, at that point we brought in my brother, my younger brother, and my my younger sister. Uh, Danny runs a Toronto office in in Toronto. Uh, and my sister handles HR here in Montreal. So we've got an office in Montreal and Toronto. You know, it's interesting. You have a lot of parents that are handing off businesses that tend to be more controlling. And here we have dad who decides one day just to kind of not walk through the door and, you know, whether he has <laughs> reliance on his children or not. I mean, how did that affect you and your relationship with your siblings? And was, was there a smooth transition? Was it even an issue? It wasn't an issue. It, you know, we were ready to, uh, to to run the business and I was. And I think he felt as well that it was, you know, I was ready. And, and we had worked together. We uh, We had a wonderful client base. We had some wonderful and still do so have some incredible uh, employees that we consider family. Uh, so I think the timing was right for him personally, and, and it was the right. The timing was right for us to uh, to, uh, to to run the shop. 
And it's interesting that you that you are a family-run PR communications business because a lot of uh, your competitors are are corporations, people who aren't as uh, don't present as uh, a, a, as friendly, uh, I guess, a, a facade as you guys do. That must be a major selling point for you. It is, uh, you know, Dan. Again, we uh, we are uh, an agency that uh, uh, puts heart into its service. Um, numbers, of course. I mean, billable hours is what you know the service industry you know works on. But it's 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 beyond that. Uh, the 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 twenty two people that work for us are, are members of the family. Uh, they really are. I think they feel that. I think if you ask the question, uh, they would support that. And uh, for us, uh, with our clients, clients know that when they come to us, they're getting a family. Uh, they're getting a boutique shop uh, with personalized and attentive and attentive service. So it really just you know makes us quite distinct in the community. Um, you know, so it's uh, in that sense. Uh, I think there's a, there's a big plus. So with all the, you know, this family style, I guess, that you have running your show, has that, do you feel it's always helped you or has this style of management hurt you ever in yeah, any way? You know, at, at times, at times it has hurt us. I mean, there's no question that the fact that it's, uh, it's, 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 there's a family approach is there's benefits, but at times you, sometimes you let your heart uh, make decisions for you, which is at times has hurt us on the business side. Uh, have I? Do I have any regrets? Uh, no, I think uh, you know. I, you have to be careful when you're running a business. You, you know, at the end of the day, you have to make sure that you make some, that there's a profit at the end of the year to be able to pay uh, your staff. Uh, at the end of the day, you've got to watch the the the, 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 the numbers. But uh, you've got to be careful. You've got to uh, try and keep uh, a happy balance between uh, you know your heart and and uh, families and the running of the business or the financial aspect. And clearly in a service business, especially in the PR world, you have your employees or your team is both your number one expense and your number one asset. So, you know, I can understand certainly spending a lot of time with that and, and energy and effort and being Montreal, you know, I believe is a communications mm -hmm. uh, hub for, uh, for many businesses for this type of world. Is it easy to find those people? You know, in Montreal is a, is a very uh, talented uh, communications community. It really is. Uh, we've always been that way. Uh, uh, you know, we're a bilingual, bilingual community. Uh, we're geared towards communications historically. Um, you know, there's, a, there's some incredibly competent uh, people out there. The key is to make sure you attract them and make sure that you keep them and keep them happy, keep them motiv motivated, and uh, uh, that's, the, that's the key to our success. They're in front of your clients every day, I would imagine. I mean, is it difficult to establish a level of trust? Yes, it is. I mean, again, the, the clients, uh, first of all, they, they're looking for honest advice. You know, we're not yes people. So clients, when they come to us and they seek our counsel, uh, one of the things we've always insisted on is that they always get uh, our honest opinion on, on, on the subject. Uh, at the end of the day, it's their call to decide uh, whether they accept our recommendation or not. But uh, they'll always get uh, our honest uh, counsel. Uh, and then, of course, we rally behind them as soon as they make the decision. We'll talk about some issues you've had over the years with uh, clients. Our guest this evening on today's entrepreneur is Jean-Claude Torchia, uh, Torquia Communications. If you want to uh, join the conversation, you can do so at 514-790-0991, 790-0991, star talk, star 8255 on Bell Mobility. And you can also uh, text in to 514-800. It's 7.15 right now. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 
Today's entrepreneur program every Monday night, except when there's hockey, 7 p.m., a program about business people just like you, uh, gone through lots of ups and downs in the business world, but have uh, succeeded in the end. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and we're talking with uh, Torquia Communications uh, Director uh, J.C. Torquia, and we're mentioning how Montreal, uh, J.C., is a, is a marketing city, a communication city. How do you guys stand out from the crowd, and how do you continually uh, get new clients and get new business? Well, Dan, uh, if you, you can't, you've got to hustle. There's no question. You've got to hustle every day. I mean, I have, every morning we wake up and we, we, uh, we proactively uh, seek new clients. Uh, if, we hadn't, if we don't do that, we're out of business. But I have to say that there's been, uh, you know, over the years, again, because of our uh, good hard work, uh, I would say roughly 75% of the new business that is brought in is word by word of mouth, which is fantastic. It's actually clients that turn to others and say, well, if you need a good you know, PR agency, speak to Torquia. So it really is, uh, you, know, you know, it's a two-pronged approach. It's really you've got to be out there hustling on the one hand, and on the other hand, you have to uh, make sure that you do good work so that they go ahead and, and spread the good word. Is that, do you find that being in the business and, you know, telling your, your customers how to approach their clients, yeah. you know, you kind of look at yourself and could say, well, you know, like with a shoemaker with hole in his shoes, do you deal with your own business the way you would well, consult a client? Is that something you spend some time on? <laughs> it's a very good question, Josh. You're right. I mean, it's, uh, we, we need to spend all our time and energy, you know, helping our clients get visibility. So it's, it really is, uh, uh, not in our nature, if you will, to 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 get to seek publicity and coverage for us. But you know, for us to survive, we also need to be out there in the marketplace. We need to we need to make sure that people uh, hear about us, and, and and especially within the community, within the trade community, and and the prospect uh, community. You're ten years into your business. Are you more? picky with your customers like do you do you how say do you, yes to everybody or you, <laughs> you know in, in your customer selection you know if somebody comes in are you are you filtering your customers any differently uh, have you have you learned any you know well, do's and don'ts of uh, well uh, you know um, technically as long as there isn't a conflict of interest with another account like we wouldn't uh, be working for two breweries for instance Technically, as long as it's a legal entity and they're, they're doing legal work, uh, it's a legal uh, uh, business, we would service them. Uh, so we and if they pay in kind, it's even, uh, <laughs> it's even they, better. Well, and, and, and we're, we're, we really are in many sectors. In fact, we cover uh, the broad, broad spectrum of uh, sectors. We really are exposed to, uh, we, we service all the specters of, uh, sectors of business. Right Is that something that you've kind of developed over the years? Or from day one, you said, we're going to tackle any industry, any sector, or did you develop some specialties along the way, consciously or not? Well, uh, right now we specialize in uh, media relations, of course, uh, which is our bread and butter, uh, crisis management, which is a growing component of our business, uh, media training, so how to present yourself uh, to the media, messaging, that kind of stuff. Uh, and historically, uh, the agency has done a lot of uh, sponsorships, so special events. So. Um, we've been very active over the years in, in major events, be it racing, golf, uh, tennis, um, the arts as well, uh, you know, the jazz festival here in Montreal. We've been, uh, historically, again, the track record is very sponsorship driven. We've evolved, you know, we started off that way. Today, uh, we're less so, we're less uh, special events, less sponsorship, much more corporate PR, brand PR, and we do a lot of crisis management. Crisis management right now, I mean, just look around. You know, if you look at the Tiger Woods situation, you look at BP, what you know what happened in the Gulf, I and mean, what happened today with uh, I think it was uh, a CN uh, derailing. 
it's uh, it's it's incredible. I mean, uh, the, the the pace, the the speed at which uh, people communicate. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Over the years, you've you've learned many things along the way. Is your advice today to your clients different than it was ten years ago? Oh, and how it really is, Josh. Uh, ten, ten years ago, you had the time, uh, time. You had more time. You had time to sit down with your client and say, "Okay, how much? What's the strategy?" In this, in a, in a good situation or in a bad situation, you had time to, to think more. Now, if you don't act, you're in trouble. You contr- you lose your, you lose the message. You lose control of the message. So, if you don't act uh, instantaneously. Uh, especially if when you're faced with a crisis, you're you're in trouble because others will others will control the message for you. Uh, so we don't uh, have the luxury of time. The clients don't have the luxury of time anymore when they communicate to their to their audiences. It's just they don't have it. Are there have you changed your your model of your training of your people and how you accumulate information? Has that has your your business process changed? with that thought in mind? No question. Uh, we wouldn't be here today if we hadn't. Um, again, it's, it's, it's a, if you don't uh, use that, um, if you're not quick, if you're not quick to respond, uh, you know, again, with the social media, the, the, the World Wide Web has tra- transformed literally our business. Uh, the old uh, adage of no comment, uh, when we used to hear people say no comment, that doesn't, unfortunately, survive uh, anymore you can't just uh, with the press you can't uh, say no comment anymore there's you, if you say no comment they will they will control the message for you that's what they did in the case of tiger woods um you know uh, bp uh, the bp ceo got destroyed by by his insistence of no comment i mean we just know I can certainly attest to that as a journalist. I, it's not something that uh, that's ever a positive message to send out. Correct. Um, what? How do you uh, put a a more friendly face on your profession? Because PR is often viewed as um, uh, deceitful in some cases. Right. How do you guys uh, encourage your clients to be honest and be upfront and not uh, oh. and not, I guess, project a, an image that may not be re- real? There's a that's an outstanding question, Dan. I mean, the, the bottom line is sincerity. You know. Uh, what we tell our clients is that you have to be sincere in your message. Let's keep it to two, three, or four messages and be sincere. If you can't be sincere, don't say it. So let's scrap it out. Let's let's just get rid of those messages. We need to be. We need you to feel comfortable with uh, three or four uh, messages that you want to communicate that are that come from the heart and are sincere. And off you go, because uh, as you say, the media are, they're they're bright uh, and they're they're exposed to you know the world wide web web again i mean the internet is full of information they can cross check everything you say so you you don't have uh you've got to be able to make sure that uh that you're sincere um, we're we're here with jc torquia and and i think i'd like to bring it back to the clients and the customers uh and how you, you you're managing the business i mean marketing and pr is on a lot of businesses' budgets until something goes wrong. And it may be the first item that that businesses, small, medium, large, seem to cut. How do you manage a change? Like, for example, JC, the recession, the recent recession that yep. came out, how did that affect you? How did you react? And what did you learn from it? Well, I'll tell you, in, uh, in I think it was in October of 2008 when uh, the economy just tanked. I'll never forget this. We got, uh, I got, uh, in that same week, three phone calls from our three biggest accounts who basically told me, JC, uh, 2009, we're cutting our budgets. It's as simple as that. You know, there wasn't any, 
uh, rational uh, reason behind it other than the fact that they were expecting 2009 to be a disastrous year and they had to cut budgets. Very tough in our business because, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have our people, we pay salaries, and we have rent. I mean, those, but, you know, 75, 70% of our costs, if you will, or investment, if you will, is goes towards our staff. So you, you, you have to be very careful because you still have to, there's payroll every two weeks. Payroll mm-hmm. comes around real quick. Uh, clients now, you know, and especially when times are tough, they, they, they delay paying you. It takes sometimes six weeks, eight weeks, at times 120 days. So you're managing, you've got, you've got a, you know, a payroll every two weeks and you've got to manage the inflow and your cash flow. You've got to manage your cash flow. It's very tough. It's very tough uh, uh, when you're in the service industry and when you're faced with a recession. So are you, I mean, you, you must have a number of clients. Is there ever a time where you, you know, you have to consciously say, listen, I'm, the economic dependence, you know, we're in a service business, you have a lot of clients, but sometimes you have that one client that kind of accounts for a big chunk of that revenue. Well, now Josh, in, in 2004, we, just to get, put things into perspective, we had uh, uh, our, you know, our biggest account back then represented 60% of our fees, huge chunk. And uh, things uh, developed on their end uh, where they had to unfortunately cut back and we were in deep trouble. We were in deep trouble. Uh, you know, today I'm proud to say that uh, our biggest account rec- rec- uh, represents roughly 13 or 14 percent of our fees. So we're much less exposed to risk today than we were back then. So you, you still have to, again, manage the, the financial situation carefully. But uh, I, I don't think I, I would ever want to be in a situation where 60 percent of our fees come from one source. If another potential large client came along, would you say, I'm sorry, you're just too big for us? <laughs> <laughs> no, Dan, you know what? I would probably take the account, but you know what? I would manage the company much differently. I would man- manage it much differently, much, you know, with much more uh, uh, care in terms on the expense side. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you've got this big account that represents a considerable amount of money, uh, you become lackadaisical in terms of your expenses. Uh, so you, you, can't, you can't do that. Um, so I wouldn't say no, but I would be <laughs> I would be very careful as as to how I manage uh, the business and manage that account. You know, it's it's interesting. There's many entrepreneurs out there that, uh, and JC has an excellent point: managing risk. Yeah. And the entrepreneurs, you know, it's almost an oxymoron managing risk. Entrepreneurs are risk takers. They're the ones that want to kind of roll the dice. They have this passion, want to roll it. Yet the managing risk, which is hugely important with any business kind of gets left by the wayside. So to learn a lesson so clearly and so adequately, and I'm, I'm glad JC brought up the point because it's, it's, it's something that has to be on the forefront of every entrepreneur's mind. You're making a decision, you're plowing forward, but what could happen if? Is there a plan B? Is there something else that maybe they should think of or manage on the side? God forbid some crisis comes, whether it's economic dependence of losing a full customer or not, and I think that's that's a lesson that's that's huge in learning. And when we get back from from the break, I, I think we'll talk. We'll touch a little bit on how the the saving the many the money, uh, saving the pennies, looking at your costs, and dealing with some of the financial aspects uh, are still real, given all the speed of it. The information's coming in. Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. Our guest this evening is J.C. Torquia from Torquia Communications. You can always join the conversation by calling 514-790-0991, StarTalk on Bell Mobility, or texting to 514-800. Right now, it's, C- it's a 730 on CJD. 
For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.32 on CJAD. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. And uh, Josh, before the break, we're talking about overcoming a lot of uh, woes uh, during the recession especially, and how to uh, ho- overcome that hump, how to deal with banks, how to deal with payroll. could be pretty complicated. You know, and JC raised an excellent excellent point. you got to keep your eye on the ball. you got to keep looking at those expenses, even if you get a little fat, uh, not that I'm one to talk. Good thing it's radio. But even if you even if you get a little a little fat and you you have this great client, but something happens. So I mean, what are the repercussions, JC? What have you lived through? Oh uh, well, you know I don't I, I don't want to ever live that uh, situation again. But again, in 2004, when we lost that big account, it was, uh, you know, we were faced with again cash flow situations, a very tough cash flow. Uh, decisions had to be made. And I'll never forget that one day the bankers called me up and they said, JC, we got uh, we got to talk. You know. Uh, you've got to inj- inject basically uh, uh, something like $150,000 into the company or, you know, we pull the plug. Did uh, they give you a lot of lead time? They gave me 24 hours, Josh. <laughs> That's what happened. They gave me 24 hours and they basically said, you know, here's the situation. Uh, the bank isn't going to take any more risk. Um, it's either you, you inject or we basically, you know, have to cancel the, the loan, uh, the credit margin. So what did I do that day? I basically uh, decided, I, I made the decision that I would uh, actually inject the money. Uh, and I promised myself and uh, our family, I said to them, I said, we're going to get through this. And uh, the day that we do, we're going we're gonna to change banks. And uh, three, three years later, we did. And we actually changed banks. I just couldn't. I couldn't live with the fact that they were so, uh, this bank in particular was so ruthless. To to a a small twenty five or thirty uh, people shop. I mean, we're you know thirty families that day could have lost their jobs. And had I, I basically had I had a choice: either I close it, or we move forward and take the chance. And I put the house on the line. And I'm very grateful to my wife for having basically supported me throughout. <laughs> Um, where here we are today, we survived, and uh, the future looks bright for, for, for the company and for the industry. The PR industry is, uh, is definitely on, on a growth curve. Um, so based, I mean, again, the social media, from a social media perspective, uh, it has basically made our profession incredibly uh, uh, powerful. Did you, you know, you're talking about the story about the bank. Did it, did it make you change any of your processes where you're you know, a little more focused on maybe cash flow, uh, you're dealing cash with your suppliers. Flow. Joe, Josh, by, at that time, I started looking at pencils, <laughs> <laughs> the purchasing of pencils in a different light. Uh, it helped me a lot. And I'm kind of, I'm actually, uh, the hardship is it was learning that uh, I'm grateful for because I was young enough. I wasn't at the end of my career. I mean, if I was in my 60s and towards the end of my career and had this happen then, then I would have been, uh, you know, uh, much more miserable. Today, you know, I'm in my mid-40s, and uh, I still plan on working for another 15, 20 years. So I've learned a lot through it, and we have collectively learned a lot through it. And I think uh, uh, it, it's, it's helped us. It's helped us uh, succeed. Helped you keep an eye on the ball, certainly when things are changing so drastically in the industry. I mean, you know, I kind of cut you off earlier when you were talking about uh, social media and the speed of information. That in and of itself, you know, we talk about entrepreneurs 
and facing environmental change and how they are proactive or reactive. Uh, tell us how Torquia Communications dealt with the, the speed of the social media. Well, it, it's, again, as I said earlier on, it's you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice anymore. Companies can no longer uh, sit on their laurels, uh, wait before communicating to their audiences, uh, because the message will be controlled by others. Um, and so, you know, you can't do that with advertising, although advertising is has a role and, and will always have, have a role in a marketing perspective. But, you you know, advertising says what you, you know, you, advertising is what you say about yourself, but PR is what others say about you. And that's where the, the Internet and social media, I mean, it's what others say about you, which could de- destroy your brand overnight. I mean, uh, you can go from being a multi-billion dollar company and then basically have to close your your shop uh, if enough people say bad things about you. Over the 10 years that Torquia has existed, you've seen firsthand the evolution of social media. How do you, um, in some cases, it strikes me how many fires that people have to put out, whether it's on Twitter, on Facebook. I mean, how do you uh, get to all those sources? How do you affect change in various social media? Well, the key is to, 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 to make sure the news gets out there and to reach out to them and make sure they get your version of the story. Um, and, and on the other hand, you've got the, you know, the, 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 the old-fashioned, if you will, the credible, uh, the dailies, the, 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 uh, the credible sources, which, by the way, are going to be around. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The credible journalists uh, and the credible newspapers are always going to be around. They're here to stay. Uh, you know, uh, consumers are also very intelligent about what they read. They know what is credible and what isn't credible. So you have to cater to both those groups um, and make sure that they get your version of the story. Do you train your people any differently? I mean, are they are they in tune with the, you know all these? They have to be, Josh. They really have to be, and and they try hard, and we try hard. It's again, it's the only way. If for us to survive, we have to be. We have to we have to know the game, um, and we have to make sure that we are we remain out there in the marketplace and communicate them to them on a timely basis and in a timely manner in a professional manner. And the key the key with the press and and the key with bloggers and 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 everybody else is to make sure that you uh, what you provide the information you provide is in gibberish. You know the worst thing that you can do is send a, out a press release that says nothing. The more you do that then the more you become a branded commercial agency. And, and then you are never going to be looked at again. Is there, you know, over the, the 10 years that you've been dealing with crises and dealing with getting the information out, is there one incident that you felt you've learned the most from or that you've taken away or changed a little bit of your mentality? Yeah, vis-a-vis a client? Or, vis-a-vis or, vis-a-vis or, a client, yeah. We've had, uh, boy, we've had all kinds of challenging clients. We've had, uh, you know, situations. Uh, we've had death threats. We've had, uh, well, the, 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 the death of Greg Moore, you know, when he was racing uh, in IndyCar, we handled his uh, accident. Uh, you know, we've, we've handled so many different uh, clients uh, in good times and in bad. I, it, I, it's hard for me to pinpoint one. But I think if you look at, if there was one memorable experience or uh, on a global scale, I would have to say that it, it was our involvement with Jacques Villeneuve. You know, Jacques Villeneuve is, is you know, Formula One champion, and we we were involved with him back in 1995, and we took him basically from, uh, you know, from Formula Atlantic days all the way up to Formula One, and we basically built his, uh, helped him build his career PR-wise. He's struggling a little bit right now, but I know he's hopeful to find a ride in NASCAR and hopefully in Formula One one day, but 
from a global perspective, from for my from my personal perspective as well, on behalf of the firm, that was a global mandate. It was a it was a formula. Well, be it British American Racing mm -hmm. back then, was a, a client of ours. How do you find you know that local to global has changed over the years? And how, I mean, how do you manage it differently? It's it's again it's it's uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's in the last uh, the last I would say two to three years especially. Uh, you don't have to go too far behind. The last two years, the, the speed at which communication uh, is is communicated is, is just it's incredible. You can't you can't keep up. Uh, it's 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 so fast. Um, so again, global brands, global corporations, if they're not prepared, they're dead. Uh, you know, BP to this day is is a, is a I still don't understand what they what was what they were thinking from a PR perspective. Either, either he was very ill advised, uh, or he was just stubborn, and it <laughs> could be both. But um, you know, when CNN, when Anderson Cooper for forty five consecutive days, I think basically came, went on the air and said specifically, no comment today, day one, day two, day three, day four on behalf of BP. Uh, you know, uh, you know. It didn't, didn't make any sense. If Tony Hayward was at the, the Torquia office, yep. uh, what are a couple of things you, you would tell the, the, the BP CEO? As soon as that happened, Dan, as soon as that happened, you've got to reach out to the public, and you've got to be sincere. You've got to put your heart on your sleeve. It's as simple as that. It's not complicated. It really isn't. Our business is really not that complicated. You have to, use, you have to combine good old judgment, good judgment, and, and strategy. But you, you you can't hide. You've got to show compassion for what happened in that in the, in in that area. And a corporation is basically its spokespeople. They've got to be trained. They've got to be sincere. Again, you can be if you're trained and you're not and you're not sincere, it's useless. You got to be able to be trained. Keep the messages short, three four messages, but then be sincere. Get out there, talk to the people. I think, uh, you know, the, the speed of information that it comes out, you really, you just got to deal with it, as he says, sincerely, but really, really quickly. And, and after, the, after the break at 45, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more with, with, with an IT specialist and dealing with, you know, messages getting out there and websites and blogging. So that, that'll be interesting. Um, but before we get to that, JC, you know, just to kind of uh, get your thoughts, if you had to pick uh, you know some words of advice what would you tell today's entrepreneur what to look out for what to be wary of well from a from a business perspective from an entrepreneurial perspective I would have to say save for a rainy day you know uh, I never thought that I would that, that I would have these hurdles in front of me as, as, as the guy in charge if you will uh, when we back in 2004 and 2008 um, but when the when things are uh, when you're making some money and you're in profit and you're black ink, save for a rainy day. You never know. You just never know. And you got to work hard. You got to work hard, 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 and and do the best you can and make sure you provide value to the client uh, at the end of the day. But save for a rainy day. Uh, I'm really glad you bring that up, JC. It was it was one of the small points you kind of threw into one of our discussions earlier, but. You know, we get this question all the time, you know, what companies are surviving today after the recession? And the answer is is fairly simple. And JC, you're, you're really hitting it. It's safe for the rainy day. Plan ahead. What are the two, what are the companies that survive today have in common mostly? One is when they were making the money, 
They didn't rape their company. They didn't pull everything out of their company. They reinvested. They saved for a rainy day. The other criteria is that they had their eye on the ball. Watch the expenses. Uh, you know, think ahead. Don't necessarily uh, waste your money on everything. Make sure you have control. And if you can have control and think ahead and plan a little bit more while saving those that money for a rainy day, those are the companies that are struggling less today. Those are the companies yeah. that have developed enough capital so they don't have to rely on the banks that right. can you know can come and That's put right. a gun to your head. And I think if there's a there's a takeaway from that, certainly that is the message to entrepreneurs is exactly that. Save for the rainy day, look ahead. And also you don't want to be uh, nagged by your accountant. For not saving, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we certainly have our uh, prodding <laughs> moments as well. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll uh, we'll bring in uh, the Full Orlando IT director into the conversation to talk more about technology and how you can uh, use technology, social media as well, to uh, to improve your business perspectives. Five one four seven nine zero zero nine nine one. Star Talk Star eight two five five on Bell Mobility and texting to five one four eight hundred. Our guest from Torquay Communications is JC Torquia. It's a today. Entrepreneur on CJD 745. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants, and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 747, welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar and Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you. Our guests this evening, JC Torquia of Torquia Communications. And we'd also like to bring in uh, the IT director at Fuller Landau, uh, Kevin Ammerman. Kevin, welcome. Thank you very much. So we're talking about social media and uh, how businesses can use social media, not just in PR, but all businesses, uh, to, uh, to to get their, their name out there. How can uh, people use Twitter, Facebook, uh, other forms of social media um, to their advantage without sort of uh, getting into trouble? Oh, without getting into trouble, that's a big question. <laughs> um, as you said, there's a, a lot of different tools out there these days that uh, companies are using, uh, individuals and companies, uh, to spread the word about their businesses and their products and to, to try and uh, build up interest about their, their products. Uh, Twitter and Facebook are probably two of the best known right now. And uh, uh, companies are going to great lengths to, to leverage those kind of tools to uh, to spread the word about their, their products. We see these great viral campaigns that are coming out right now, uh, things like the Old Spice Guy and, and things like this that uh, uh, have run their course, but now we see uh, new companies picking up on those trends and, and uh, uh, transforming them to, to their own ends. For example, uh, U.S. politicians are starting to jump on that bandwagon now. Is it difficult to set up? Like, you know, set up, uh, if somebody you want somebody to follow your business on Twitter, you know, what would you do? Well, the, the setup is almost too easy. It's just a matter of uh, signing up for an account. But the trick is really in uh, getting people to uh, to listen to you and to, to jump on board, uh, to, to follow you and to trust you. So it's not just the, the sheer number of followers that you have, but the credibility that's behind you. Um, they actually have rankings out there these days that, uh, that rank the, the value of, of the things that you post on Twitter. Uh, you only have 140 characters per post, and most people, uh, even the, the, the really big uh, Twitter leaders, uh, don't make that many posts per day. So they got to get a lot of weight behind those posts in order for people to really pay attention to them. And that is really the trick. So um, getting meaning in there, not just not just uh, talking about what you've had for breakfast, uh, how, <laughs> how many times you've had to like step outside the office today, uh, but actually saying meaningful things and, and, and engaging in conversations with the people uh, around the world. Does that make... Facebook a better tool than Twitter because you have the ability 
to post more information or not be limited to those 140 characters? Uh, it's definitely a different tool. Uh, Twitter is much quicker. They, they lend themselves really well to mobile platforms, to people using their iPhones and, and Blackberries to, to send little tweets. Um, well, Facebook, uh, it's changing a lot. They're, they're, they're really changing the structure of their program, but it really uh, is developed around communities, uh, groups of friends, uh, groups of fans that are following uh, different events or different uh, personalities or products. And uh, the, it really is a, a different kind of tool. So it's, it's hard to compare the two. They're, they're both uh, sort of used in conjunction with one another. Uh, but different uh, types of products or different types of brands do tend to focus on one or the other. I'll ask a question from a purely selfish uh, perspective, Kevin, because I just recently joined Twitter. And in a sense, I am a, a small business. So how do, I, how do I get noticed? I know you can tag, you can tag certain subjects with a little pound sign. But how do you uh, put in certain keywords? I mean, how do you get people to notice you on Twitter? Uh, one of the, the most interesting things I've seen in Twitter lately is the, the surge in popularity is using Twitter as a search tool. So uh, people will actually look for s specific keywords or, or little bits of information. And if you happen to be presenting those bits of information, those people will start to follow you. And that has a bit of a snowball effect. If, you, if, if an influential person on Twitter follows you, then there's a very good chance that a lot of their followers will follow you as well. So dropping those little nuggets of, of important information, uh, garnering that core of followers, and then expanding on that core is the way to expand your market. But like I say, uh, just the, the sheer volume of, of followers is, is not the be-all and end-all. It's really uh, getting uh, influence behind your, behind your tweets. What about, let's say, um, uh, what I would actually look at as a less social site and more of a business site and talk about LinkedIn? You know, is that something that really entrepreneurs or businesses should look at more as a, a credible source versus, you know, trying to send out some tweets about their business? LinkedIn has been around for quite a few years, and it is really a, a well-regarded site. Um, a lot of businesses are using it. Uh, it, it. I haven't seen a really good uh, business profile around it in terms of... Uh, I don't see company pages in, in LinkedIn, but it, it seems to be more geared towards individuals and presenting yourself. And that's really good these days because that's the way a lot of companies are, are presenting themselves as a, as a collection of experts. So by presenting yourself as an expert on LinkedIn, uh, it really, uh, you know, it, it, again, gives you credibility online and all of that comes together. So your entire presence via LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, people can search that all at once. And the more complete that picture is, the better. Uh, JC Torquia, have you used LinkedIn or, or Facebook or Twitter uh, to, to help your business, whether yeah, it's recruiting or absolutely. finding clients? Absolutely. Uh, we, we have our fan page, uh, and we also uh, uh, you know uh, feed the information, as much information on the, on the firm. It's uh, new clients. Uh, when we're looking for, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's job postings as well that we put up there. So, yes, we do actually do use uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. And when you're dealing with your clients, your entrepreneurs, the SMEs of the world, do you tell them to hit everything they can, or or is it should they take a more targeted approach? Um, it, it really depends. It depends on who they're trying to reach, Josh. It, uh, you know, uh, the more people that uh, can hear about it, the better. I mean, at the end of the day. So yes, uh, the more uh, as it depends on on the strategy and the uh, the objective of of the initiative, really. Would, would both of you agree, uh, JC and Kevin, that uh, that the adage content is king still applies? Absolutely. I mean, uh, Kevin mentioned credibility, I think it was, and uh, uh, content uh, meaningful. I think that was the word you used, Kevin. Yep. And helping focus people a little bit. So this is where uh, uh, 
t Twitter and Facebook, you tend to have conversations and you can sort of diverge and, and, and uh, g perhaps indulge in the fringes of your message a little bit, but trying to focus your message, maybe using a website to present your core message and uh, really present those ideas and uh, the products and the, the philosophies of your company in a concise manner. That's, it's, the websites are definitely not gone as a tool. They're still very, very popular. No, and, and I, I was just about to say, Kevin, you know, I was, let's shift gears. You know, there's great about the, the Twitters and the Facebook, but you know, you got to create people at some point got to go look and see who, what you're about, what products, what services you offer. So the website is a huge, important tool. Uh, is it something that's that's easy to set up? Can any entrepreneur just get on uh, relatively cost-effective? What's been your experience with that? It's getting easier and easier. So a, a lot of companies in the, the 90s uh, spent a lot of money on their websites and developing a web presence, and it's uh, been somewhat stagnant since then. A lot of these companies have, have built that, invested that money in it, and uh, they found it's too complex to update them or to make changes and, and too expensive to pay someone else to do this. So uh, there are a lot of tools out there now that allow companies to revamp their websites uh, very economically. So there are very, very good templates out there now that uh, can be customized and it allows companies to uh, spend their time and money on the message that they're trying to create rather than the infrastructure. So they, they buy uh, a, a canned website package for the tools that come with it and then uh, apply their own message and their own branding on top of that. Is that something that, I mean, it's it's inexpensive? It's something that's, that's free online? Do they pay for it? Do you need a graphic designer? Or, you know, really just as long as you have content, you can be good to go. You really do get what you pay for. So there is there is definitely a high-end market to these things. But having said that, the, the barrier to entry, the, the, the content management systems that used to be tens of thousands of dollars are now free. So uh, you can set up these... Uh, blog engines such as WordPress or, or other similar blog engines and apply whatever template you like and have a very professional presence online essentially for free. I'm, I'm guilty of using a template and I have to say it's, it's not great but it's not it's not horrible for free I mean it's not it, uh, it doesn't keep me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I'm glad it doesn't but do you have you know would you want something more professional would you want something a little not to say it's not professional Dan mm -hmm. of course it's not <laughs> I admit it's not <laughs> uh, but something that you know an entrepreneur where you know he's, he's, he's selling his widgets or he's selling his service like PR mm -hmm. that really want to have that professional presence that you know part of the credibility isn't just the visual of the site in and of itself so uh, I think it's important uh, that you kind of hit that threshold of who are you and what do you want to be when you grow up and are you there yet well, there are two big areas where you can diverge from the template. One is in the, the graphic arts, the design, and the look of the site. And that's a, money, a matter of how much money you want to put into it, really. Um, if you're not an artistic person, then it definitely pays to, to have some help with that. And number two is the message. And this is where uh, JC and company would probably come into play, is in defining the message that you're trying to present and getting some help with trying to streamline what you're trying to say and really get that message out there so that you can expand on it later. I noticed at JC's website, the Torquio website is quite uh, quite straightforward, quite simple. Uh, did you purposely, I guess, are you a minimalist in that sense? Yeah, I mean, again, it's uh, you have to make sure that uh, whether it's your website, whether it's your press kit, whether it's your promotional materials, you've got to keep three or four key messages that come across throughout. And everything has to be synchronized. Everything has to be sort of complement each other. And so that's what we try to do with our website as well, um, with everything that we do, is to make sure that three or four key messages of our firm 
are constantly communicated to the marketplace. So, uh, so content is king, but just content. not don't overload people. With don't content. overload people again with content. Exactly, you don't want to overload them with with too much information, too much fluff. Mm-hmm. You know, the key is to be uh, short and simple. No, it's to be real, but you still have to take the time and energy and effort Absolutely. to make sure it's it's up to date. Because what you don't want is yesterday's news Absolutely. on your site. That's right. Absolutely. Are they are the Kevin? The one last question is. The sites that you could set up, uh, is, an, is this something that's kind of a push and play? Uh, really, an entrepreneur can, can just get going. You have a couple of pages, and uh, I just want to know the ease of... Uh, it really it. depends on, on your familiarity with, uh, with computers. Um, I would say for most people, yes, it is a, a push and play, but you do get what you pay for. So you can set something up very quickly, uh, probably within 20 minutes, you can have a page up and running. Uh, does it look professional? Mm, depends on you a little bit. Um, it really does pay to get a little bit of uh, expert help. Uh, it doesn't cost a lot. It's just a, a matter of a couple hours of a professional's time, and then you can up, be up and running and on a, on good f- on a good footing to go forward. Well, I, I think, you know, there's some great ideas and great thoughts that, that came through today's show, Dan. First of all, certainly from JC's standpoint, the PR industry has evolved over the years, but you still got to keep your eye on the ball when you're coming to running your own business, regardless what that is. And, and that is something that can never change for any entrepreneur, no matter what risk level that is attained. I think the other thing that's come out, certainly speaking with both JC and Kevin, is that marketing, while sometimes is first on the list to be cut, uh, when when your, your business is maybe a little on the edge or in trouble or revenues are a little down, I think it's important and there are ways that marketing dollars, pro- promotion dollars can be spent wisely and not necessarily, it doesn't take $50,000 to just throw it in and, and make sure it's going. It can be spent. If you take your time and effort and energy and bring out the, the right tools, it can be very cost effective while you still stay in the marketplace. Kevin Ammerman, the IT Director of uh, Fuller Landau and JC Torquia of Torquia Communications. Thank you both for coming in tonight. Thank pleasure. You. Thank and you. Josh Miller, pleasure as always. We are back on November 1st with uh, Bay de Fromage, another uh, great entrepreneur profile. You can reach uh, Fuller Landau during business hours at 514-875-2865-875-2865 or visit their website. Yes, they are online at uh, www.flmontreal.com. For Josh Miller, I'm Dan Delmar. Have a good night. Friendly Fire is next.